Today's podcast is the first in a three-part series on generosity. In the other two installments, we will discuss different levels of giving, as well as how to incorporate wisdom in your decision-making when it comes to giving. I'll provide a number of resources that will help you understand your options for maximizing your kingdom investments. God has always been in the business of generous giving. It's actually a journey He invites us to join Him in. He gives freely, and when He does this, He does it with investment in mind. Investments have the implication of returns, and God's hope is that we will extend the investments that He has made in us back into the kingdom. This is the critical area of kingdom returns. People sometimes get confused and think that generous giving just has to do with our finances, but that is missing the point. Generosity is about how we use all the resources in our lives, even our time. The first thing that we need to realize is that God owns it all. The parable of the talents in Matthew 25 communicates a lot to us about how God views the way we become good stewards of his giving. The guy that buried his talents didn't understand that God's investments require a return. These other guys, they were mindful. They knew the owner of the money. They knew their master. They knew what he was after, and they went after the same. They pursued his pursuits. God is after kingdom return, and he has an expectation that you will take care of what he gives you. In my own life, I rarely give without looking at what the kingdom return will be. I try to operate in a mindset of wisdom. Luke 12:48 says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. We all want to be the guy who gets much, but often the much guy forgets the fact that much is also expected of him in proportion to what God has given him. God entrusts it to us, and we honor him by giving back to his kingdom. This life is about producing with your gifts, not hoarding. Hoarding results in zero growth of what you've been given, whether that be a talent or the things that derive from that talent. God wants growth within his kingdom. The gifts he gives are not separated between kingdom gifts and worldly gifts. What makes you successful in this world, whether it's business, finance, whatever it is, those same gifts are the bedrock of what you're able to contribute to God's kingdom. Secondly, we've got to understand that we are blessed to be a blessing. Early on in our marriage, my wife Kathy and I wrestled for years about why we've been chosen to receive such incredible blessings. We've contemplated this together a lot. Why has God given us more than we needed? Over time, we've come to realize that we've been blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. God honors those who honor Him, and He rewards His stewards. Does this mean that only those who honor Him will prosper financially, and those who don't won't be successful? Absolutely not. What it means is that when you engage in generosity, the blessings that come back to you are overwhelming. In my experience, if you dive in head first, you will be so wonderfully overwhelmed, not necessarily financially, but you will be incredibly blessed in your heart and maybe even other areas of your life. God does not grade on a curve. You cannot give with the expectation of being told, well done, good and faithful servant. How am I to be sure I'll hear that? I can't be. I have to do what I can do to pursue what I think is the right balance. When I do that, I really can live with no regrets. Matthew 6, 17-19 says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, 
They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. By doing this, they will store up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. This verse has absolutely played itself out in my own life. The first part of it is the toughest. Not trusting in your wealth is a hard thing to do. One thing I've learned is that it's truly unreliable, that's for sure. It's honestly a bit easier for me to trust God with things I can't control. It's more challenging to trust God in the things you can control. The third point I'd like to make is that giving reaps joy. How much joy does your giving give you? This is a good measuring stick. I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. Giving is a journey. Like most journeys, it's good to be on the journey. I encourage everyone to enjoy the process, even at those times that it doesn't seem that enjoyable. That verse we read in Matthew talks about storing up treasures in heaven, but actually being generous pays a lot of dividends right here, right now, both in the life we're living and in heaven. Giving from your heart is a great way to connect to giving with joy and with a cheerful spirit. Some people seem to be more gifted in this area of heart-motivated giving than others. In my case, my wife Kathy is a great encouragement. She absolutely gives from her heart, while I tend to give from my brain. I tend to look at things from the kingdom return, the leverage in the gift, the impact that it will give over time. I'm always looking for ministries that are excellent stewards of the widow's might. Giving from this perspective comes a lot from my brain, whereas Kathy's giving comes from a sense of the Holy Spirit that she obeys fervently. Generosity tends to breed generosity. The more you sow, the more you receive. Experiencing the joy of giving causes you to be even more generous, which causes you to have more gifts come back to you. As you decide to give richly, and you see what it does, what God starts to do is to change your heart. There are lots of places you'll experience pressure to give, whether it's the offering plate or a charity function. Don't give as a response to pressure. Make sure you're always doing it with a cheerful heart. Make sure you're always generous, and not just with money. Give your time. We all have the ability to be generous in our time. We live in a fast-paced world, and when you step out and take a moment to help someone in need, the recipient may question why you've done that for them. This could be an opportunity that would lead them to God. There's a responsibility to be a good steward in who you give to, and this is where wisdom comes in. You need to be a good steward as you freely give. I've seen people give money away in situations where the money wasn't used well. Do your homework and be a responsible giver. It's a part of stewardship. The final point I'd like to make is that it's impossible to outgive God. Once you get into this habit of radical generosity, God often provides for you so you can continue to be generous. If you use the gifts He gives you wisely, God will entrust you to more. A cheerful giver understands that this giving is not a burden but a privilege. It puts your heart in the right place. When you're giving cheerfully, you are trusting God to do something great with your gift. As we mentioned, this is the first podcast in a series of three about generosity. In the next two installments, we will discuss different levels of giving and how to incorporate wisdom into your decision making. Thank you for joining us in this first installment on the topic of generosity. What will follow is a list of reflection questions and action steps you can ponder as you think about how this material applies to your life. They may seem simple, but truly stopping to consider each one will produce dividends. I guarantee it. Read the verses we mentioned in the podcast again. The parable of the talents in Matthew 25, Luke 12:48, and Matthew 6, 17-19. As you reflect, where does your heart sit on the topics of generosity and giving? How much thought and intentionality has my family given to the subject of giving? Do I understand the concept of giving investments 
And do I affirm that it's important? Is the thought of radical generosity something that gives me joy or fear? Why is that? As you begin to follow my blog and pursue opportunity for growth, it is helpful to do an assessment on various topics of life. If you haven't already, I encourage you to go to my blog online and take the Current Life Conditions Assessment. I believe it would be helpful to take this assessment annually and revisit how you are growing in faith and in life. As we conclude, I'd like to share a little something about the foundation Kathy and I started over 25 years ago. Every so often, Kathy and I receive requests from friends and mentees to share information about the ministry's Servants Heart Foundation supports. It has been important to us to choose organizations that we see being efficient and effective stewards of the resources they've been entrusted with. We've been honored to work closely with each ministry's leadership and witness firsthand the great kingdom impact they're having. We are glad to share these organizations with you on the Servants Heart blog found at ServantsHeartBlog.org. One of our values is good information is shared with a friend. Please take the time to think of your friends who might benefit from this blog. You can introduce the blog to them by sharing the post or by sharing this podcast by clicking the share link on the top right corner of the audio link. Thank you again for joining me on this journey as we seek God's best for our lives. I look forward to joining you next time on the Paul Neff Podcast.